Welcome to the Most Excellent 80s Movies Podcast on the Most Excellent Podcast Network. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian take another look at the 80s movies we loved, hated, hated to love, and loved to hate with a haze of nostalgia, but also with 2018 eyes. It's as if these movies are robots that have run amok, and we are the mustachioed robot cops assigned to track them down before they kill again. This is episode 21, Runaway, a movie selection from 1984. It is the future, mysteriously spreading across an unsuspecting city. Machines trained to serve humans are turning against them. What do you got, Jerry? Model 912, cut up two people inside the house. I'm going in. You're going in? We can send a disarm robot in. Hit the floater, it'll hit the disarm, and any minute it's going to decide to hit the kid. An ingenious conspiracy has begun. And someone has to stop the madman who started it all. We've got a non-standard chip here. Can turn any domestic computer into a killing machine. Working late at night all by yourself. I just had a few things to finish up. No, no big deal. I insist. Let me help you. No. Bugs detected. I'm out of bugs, Jackie. I thought it was Queen. Luther really wants to keep track of you. Why's that, Jackie? This is a bad guy. He's killed five so far. I want him. I'm telling you, I can't go out there. I can't go out. What does it take to get through to you? He sees everything. He knows everything that's going on in here. Can't run away, Ramsey. My little machine will find you wherever you go. that has your name on it. This isn't a runaway. This is murder. We're never going to make it through this one. directed by michael creighton oh my god this, is, <laughs> this movie is so great i can't wait uh i am comedian chrissy lens of national comedy theater and with me as always is filmmaker nathan blackwell with squishy studios i am so excited to talk about <laughs> this movie it's so crazy you, but it's but it's so amazing it's a roller coaster of Everything. Everything. It's everything. Including boredom. I won't. <laughs> but also, like, just mind-bogglingly nuts. It was a top-to-bottom delight. Um, I have never even heard of this movie. Yeah, maybe you had seen the, the cover art. Like, Tom Selleck wearing, like, this futuristic running man kind of outfit with this, like, Big, huge gun, which he never uses in the movie. Nope. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is bought, this is like ninety this is like ninety nine cent, you know, VHS bin kind of stuff. But it is delightful. It is so. It's interesting. Good. I, I'm almost. <laughs> 
probably no one who's listening to this has seen this movie. So we it, should it, really it's our say job. what happens. <laughs> it's our job to bring them into the fold. And I have to say, like, and I probably, I know, like, in all the stuff that we are going to put out leading up to posting this episode, I'm going to be like, look, take the three dollars to rent this movie and it's on you're Amazon. welcome. It's on Amazon for free. Is it? Yes. Well, then I paid $3 for no reason. It's okay. I, it's it benefits okay. the filmmakers. And I want them <laughs> to have it. Now they can make another one. I want them to have my money. Um, they deserve it. Uh, so, yeah, you. if you have not watched this movie, stop listening to the podcast. Watch this movie. It's only like 140 minutes. No, it's an hour. <laughs> it's an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> No, no, that's that. It's only a hundred and forty (laughs) minutes. It's not nearly long enough. Um, So this movie, I was just saying before, this movie gets is the award winner for the '80s technology that is meant to be futuristic, but actually looks like the most dated thing you've ever seen. Yeah, he like he's just looking at motherboards. Yeah. So this, I think, this is supposed to take place like just ten years later in the future. Michael Crichton actually said he sees it as being one year in the future. What? Okay. That's the quote I read. So it's interesting to see how artists improve. Yes. And how they get better at telling stories. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the same stories over and over again. Yep. Um, I feel like Michael... So Michael Crichton put a ton of effort into making this technology... um, You know, how it would be in the future from like drones to robots and programming... And so much about this movie dramatically and emotionally is so wonderfully tone deaf. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> that it becomes a delightful confection. Yeah. So, like, the general plot of the movie is that Tom Selleck is uh, John Ramsey, a, a cop who works in the runaway department. Right. Which, in this context, means runaway robot. Right. He is a cop whose job it is to track down and dismantle technology that has gone awry. Man, yeah, malfunctioning robots. And yeah. so all these robots, they were designed to be not supercomputers, they're they're tools. So they're boxy yeah. and clampy and, and They all look like canine. Yeah. <laughs> right. From, from Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Right. I mean, not even that sophisticated. They're 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 kind of like uh, the robots we actually have making cars and things like yeah. that. So they're they're arms and boxes. And yeah, like they're that. not even as cool as like R two D two. They're they're boxes with buttons. Yeah. Um, and he gets a new partner who is Penny from Dirty Dancing, <laughs> who is a beautiful blonde woman, obviously who's always wearing a skirt, which really annoyed me. <laughs> um, and they they uncover a plot to essentially build deadly assassin robot spiders and smart missiles, like heat-sicking missiles that you can fire from a gun. And chips that turn any robot into a killer. But what they really are after is the templates. (laughs) The templates so we can build more. Uh, Yeah. No film in history has ever hinged so much on templates. (laughs) Templates. Uh, Gene Simmons is a cartoonishly evil man who's after the templates. And they so, of course, he clashes with Tom Selleck. And that's the basic plot of the movie. Yeah. But we need to talk about the details. Oh, my God. So 
<laughs> no scenery goes unchewed oh. by Gene Simmons' eyes. What the heck? Yeah, it's he's oh, ridiculous. To say, to say him, he is a villain is over the top. Is doing a disservice to over the top villains. It's, it's doing a disservice it to is the a top. Slap in the face to the top. <laughs> he's never heard of a top. He doesn't want to know about a top. And, and the director. Who is Michael Crichton. Who is Michael Crichton, I'm sure, is just loving it. Yeah. He's like, more. More, more. Yeah. I'm not getting enough. From what I heard, that he was really meticulous. Like, he would do dozens of takes. Oh, my God. Um, So, before we even meet Gene Simmons, (laughs) Tom Selleck and his new partner Mm -hmm. go out on their first mission, which is to catch a rogue uh, cornfield robot. And it's so hilarious. They go in a helicopter because that is the amount of resources that the city is putting into catching corn robots. Helicopter. They get corn choppered robots. out. Uh, we learn that Tom Selleck is afraid of heights. He has a serious vertigo problem. And did you catch this? That the, the girl, do you remember what her character's name is? I'm just going to call her Penny. Yeah, uh, uh, Cynthia. Cynthia. Um, she has this funny subplot where she keeps saying she's had all these other jobs. <laughs> Did you catch this? No. It's like it's like a running gag, except it's not a gag. But she's like, oh, I've had all these other jobs. I was a dancer. I was a construction worker. I worked on a farm for a summer. Like, she has all this real-world experience. She just, like, hops out of the chopper and goes and catches the robot and holds it over her head. Uh-huh. I got it. <laughs> like, they got it. And then they blow up the robot. It explodes. <laughs> And the old farm men who are standing around are like, well, I could have done the same thing with my 22. Like, yeah, you're going to shoot a robot. I, so, and then there's another scene where they, they go to a construction site and mm-hmm. the stacker robot is just throwing things out the, the window. Why is it the police's responsibility right. to deal with these malfunctioning machines? It seems like that's the IT department's job. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime they show up on site, like the... the um, the, the the business owners who own these robots are kind of indignant and impatient. It's like, hurry up and solve my problem, uh-huh. please, man. <laughs> yeah. My stacker's throwing bags of concrete yeah. off the 18th I'm floor. I'm waiting. <laughs> Cross arms. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but this movie is also surprisingly R-rated at moments. Uh-huh. Um, there are boobs and F-bombs. Not nearly enough. Not nearly but go enough. on. But yeah, it's like if you're going to have any... You need 70% more. Right. You can't just have it's very light. two of each. It's a dash. It is. And, and also... It's, it's almost kind of like the, the studio who made it had that requirement. Mm-hmm. You know? We, the last episode we talked about Three Men and a Baby, which is rated PG. We didn't talk about it in that episode. It's rated PG. Uh-huh. This is like rated R, and I feel like they just needed it Three to be Three years earlier. This is 1984. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so there is a runaway robot. That has killed a family. And a baby is trapped mm-hmm. inside. It's a boxy robot that is holding a revolver. It has a gun. <laughs> but it had killed two adult human beings with a knife. Uh-huh. Like, it, 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 like seriously, picture a trash can with one, like, Lego robotics arm that has, like, a pincher on the end. And it took a knife and killed... Two adult humans who should have been able to either swat it away or kick it. 
tipped it over. Or stood on a chair. Stood on a chair. <laughs> it murdered them, and then it gets its hands on a gun, and it's shooting. It's shooting, and everyone's so I worried. Like, I feel like I was counting, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it shot more than six times <laughs> in, it, in its revolver. And if it's just a standard revolver, it had to have reloaded at some point. Yeah. Which it doesn't have another hand. It only no. has one hand. It doesn't have thumbs. How is it pulling the trigger? But it's worth it to watch this movie just so you can see what we mean. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we got it's a deadly robot. This is very dangerous. I'm going to go in. And you go in and you see the robot. It's wonderful. It looks like a Roomba. Uh-huh. It's like DJ Roomba has lost his mind and has gone murder Roomba. Um, so Tom Hanks saves the day. He kills the robot. The robot. <laughs> he saves the baby. And he's the hero of the town. Then we go to his house, where he is the dad of Flight of the Navigator. Right, the Flight of the Navigator child. And he has a robot wife. Yes, Lois. Lois. Who is, again, It looks like she looks like a stereo. <laughs> Doesn't On she? wheels, yeah. Yeah, she's, she looks like a refrigerator, kind of. And how does it cook? I so I disapprove of the way it cooks pasta. There is not <laughs> enough water to noodle ratio. <laughs> but how is it lifting that pan off the stove? It seemed to have hands. It had something. But it is it is like basically a robot mom to the kid. Yeah. It raises the kid, it feeds the kid, it babysits the kid, it puts the kid to bed. <laughs> that's that's the world we live in. Yeah. But yeah, so it's interesting because it rides that line that these robots are obviously more sophisticated than and more integrated into um, society than we have right now. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, they do kind of ride that nice line of it kind of being technology that existed then. So mm-hmm. it's like the voice technology is complex, but its capabilities are not so far into science fiction. It, it it does feel like it could have been a 10-year future from then. Yeah. You know? Like, completely realistically. Yeah. What I do mean, the robots do? They I, stack shit. Yeah. And they cook pasta. Yeah. And 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 they also, like, um, have drones, which is The totally drones were perfection. Use. Now, what they should have done is... <laughs> Which they call floater. It's yeah, a floater. they send a, they send a drone in to to survey the house of so the murder scene where the robot has killed people and it gets shot. Mm-hmm. That's when they should have sent in like a robot to stop that other robot, and like that, a hostage negotiator robot. <laughs> in a in a tiny little cut trench coat, yes, <laughs> with its tie all loosened, and it's like I am too old for this shit. Right. I am one day from retirement. What they should have done is they should have sent in a robot that that likes getting shot at. <laughs> they should have sent in like a bomb disposal robot. Yeah, why don't they have that? Okay, because also later in the movie, Tom... Thanks for Hanks, nothing, Michael Crichton. Tom Selleck disarms a bomb. He's yes. He's not a bomb guy. No, it's his first. Yeah. <laughs> or so I can assume. Oh, okay. So... It's at this point that they uncover the plot because the man whose home it is, they're like, so what did you, how'd you modify this robot? This, this like pasta cooking robot shouldn't be killing people. Like, what the hell did you do? 
I didn't do anything. And then they rescue his baby and he runs away. Uh huh. Like he's like, you keep the baby. You keep the baby, Tom Selleck. I've heard you're good. Yeah. This is where they start saying, you have no idea. He's everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. (laughs) And he runs off. Just into the night. Yeah. And there's an army of police officers. We haven't even... Okay, so we might not even get past 20 minutes of this movie for this entire podcast. We haven't even talked about... And it has to be... Because it happens more than once. It has Mm -hmm. to be Crichton's commentary on where he sees the invasiveness of the press going. Uh Like, the the press 100% is allowed to go wherever the cops can go. Like, they're allowed to be behind... The, the 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 barriers during this murder scene and they're allowed to go into the house as Tom Selleck is able to go into the house. Yeah. In fact the guy actually goes further in front into the murder house with the robot than he is with the camera and the lights mm-hmm. and he gets shot. Spoiler alert. Yep. Um and he's like <coughs> like cough, like coughing like yeah. not trying at all to be and, stealthy. And then later the press is all up in their face in in like there's already been a bunch of people shot and it's it's mm-hmm. a crime scene and the press just walks right in and they're going up to people doing interviews mm-hmm. and they're super I- I- evasive but it was really annoying as, as an audience member because it just felt kind of like contrived conflict yeah you know yeah yeah with the, but, with the but it has to have been purposeful and i mean yeah, I want. He, he says to them, "Do you want a carved up baby on your network?" And then the reporter turns. You heard it here. Confirmation. Carved up babies. <laughs> carved up baby at eleven. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So then, when we finally do meet Gene Simmons, yeah, aka from Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Whose the name is singer. Luther? Right, the lead singer from Kiss, and he's just. So over the top with his eyes and his mouth and, and his voice it, and he's sneering. There's and, no mustache to twirl, but he is constantly just sneering and it's ridiculous. And he says Ramsey's name, I think, Ramsey. at least fifty times. Tell me, Ramsey, what am I going to do next, Ramsey? Yes, but he's like. There, and everybody is like, you're right. He's everywhere. He sees everything. You don't even know. None of us are safe. We can't go outside. And, like, he is everywhere. But yeah, he he's is just, magically dangerous. He's standing at the curb <laughs> with a gun in his hand, disguising it from no one. <laughs> and he just, like, the, they walk the, the guy who um, modified the chips out of the safe house and... and uh, Luther Gene Simmons is just standing there and he takes out his gun and goes point shoot kablooey yeah he, he there, there are at least three or four times where Gene Simmons just makes such a impulsive villainy decision mm-hmm. to kill someone then and there where it makes no like keep talking about how smart he is mm-hmm. and then he does the dumbest things in public like he should be the easiest person to catch it's like yeah. he's right there <laughs> it's just somebody jump him like i get it he's got the gun with the heat seeking missiles but they miss more often than they hit although when they do hit people you burst into flames and are instantly dead yeah he's got a gun that's got heat seeking bullets mhm uh, but i mean all you have to do is like jump away at the last second 
Right. Or duck behind a table. But he's constantly in public. Yeah. They're slow enough for people to run away from them and yeah. then to turn a corner and duck. Yeah. <laughs> They're not that great. Um, but he, And then the deadliest weapon in his arsenal are these robot spiders that look exactly like the Hexbug toys that you can buy at Target. <laughs> They're just like these little like metal bodies with these six little skittering arms and they've got a needle that comes out of them and I, and I couldn't figure out how they were killing people and then he reveals at the very end that they're full of acid but even if you poke someone with a needle full of acid that's not necessarily going to instantly kill them no 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 like poison I can understand right that would make sense but these these little spider robots just leap onto people's chests Stab them in the chin with acid, and the people immediately burst into flames and die yeah. in a way that you really need to see. It's you the future. You need to see it. <laughs> Michael Crichton's future. Um, okay, so then we meet Kirstie Alley. Yeah. And a... <laughs> the worst part of this movie. Such, she has such a weird arrival in this movie. Like, uh-huh. j- not, not the character, but her. It's mm-hmm. just like, what the fuck is going on with this character? Yep. What's grossest about her character is that as soon as Tom Selleck meets her, he immediately becomes a sexist monster. And he's like, oh, she's very attractive. Uh, let me help you. Let me help you carry your things. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, let me help you. I, I have to assist you. You're very attractive. He, he goes way. So she's st- she. <clears throat> so she has stolen the templates. The templates. The the the. The templates for the chips that turn ro- normal robots into killer robots mm-hmm. that uh, Luther wants. Yep. Because uh, she's in on it, but she's had a change of heart, or she's just trying to get more money out of it. She just wants to survive at this point because yeah. he's, he's a monster. She's and kind of playing both sides, right, though. Right, right, right. It's like one of those. Yeah. Um, and so she's stuck in a room with a robot that's trying to get her. And then uh, this is how Tom Selleck and his partner Cynthia meet. And so as soon as he sees her, he kind of throws all caution out to kind of macho save her. Mm-hmm. And gets quickly zapped and hurt mm-hmm. because of it. And then beats the, the shit out of this robot when he didn't need to mm-hmm. to impress her. And then, like, offers to help her carry her purse. Yeah, he, he's been, like, a really steady stand-up guy. He's, yeah. But he's very even and, like, and then as she shows up, he's, you know, he's just completely, all that goes out the window. Yep. And then, and then she becomes this weird object of lust in the movie. Like, all of a sudden, so they're interrogating her. You don't know. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He'll get me. Um, he, tell us where he is. No. Tell us where he is. No. Tell us where he is. He's in a meeting. <laughs> At the Ritz. What? Like, that's just so amazing. Um, so they, they scan her for bugs. Bugs, bugs, bugs is all they talk about in this mm-hmm. movie. Scanner for bugs, and she has to like completely disrobe because she's got a bug in her bra and in her underwear. Like she has to undress, and then that, like that's the moment where we see boobs too. Is like oh, at the Ritz, there's all these um, ladies of the evening, um, and it's just insane. Oh, I do want to mention before we totally forget that the chief of police is the security guard from Mannequin, <laughs> who has the dog, uh-huh. the Terminator dog mm-hmm. or what that's the terminator that's the second dog what's the first dog's name uh, rambo gee. yeah yeah it's that guy and i think he's also from police academy i'm not sure yeah 
Um, and at one point, they, the cops blow up a robot in the precinct, and he just goes, assholes. <laughs> so there's a bunch of chase scenes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they all have to do with Tom Selleck having his fear of heights and his vertigo. Right. Which is, if, I feel like they threw that in, like a rewrite, where Michael Crichton's like, I don't know, we need something else. He needs a weakness to overcome. Yeah. Fear of height. <clears throat> so this movie, just like Three Men and a Baby, has a climax in an elevator. It's a construction be- elevator. Right. And it has a pretty... The whole plot hinges on what happens when people get out of the elevator. Because like, to lure him up to the top to get the templates... <laughs> Gene Simmons is like, oh, don't worry about my spiders. They won't get you. They're just going to menacingly look at you. Um, and then when he puts his son, when he puts Flight and the Navigator in the elevator to escape, because Gene Simmons kidnaps the boy and kills Lois. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How dare you? How dare you harm the robot wife? But that, did you know, catch at that moment where the, like Cynthia and uh, Ramsey come in and they see that Lois has been... Um, uh, Knocked over. They're like, no, no, no. We can, she's fine. We just need to keep the hydraulic fluid in her brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the robot's literally just been knocked over and yeah. it's fallen apart. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, we could, we've got this. We, it's okay. I, I can fix this. And then she, like, plugs something in. And then <laughs> she just, boom, fire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, Lois, no. Uh, but so the kid's riding down the elevator, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. The spiders are going to kill whoever comes out of the elevator. No one could have predicted my evil plots. It would have been great. It's like, Lois, no. And then they go into the garage and, and just turn on another one. <laughs> Lois, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. It's great. It's amazing. Um, There's a psychic in this movie. Yes. What was that? <laughs> I feel like this entire movie was a lesson for Michael Crichton of that. I, I bet you this would have been a pretty great book. But then actually seeing all this stuff in real life and having mm-hmm. to translate it from idea to reality, mm-hmm. suddenly it just all falls apart. Like Tom Selleck hitting a giant boxy robot with his jacket and then kicking it. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe you could have, you know, it just looks so weird. And then all these robots just seeing the the actual execution of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not scary or menacing. Like, you say robot spider, I picture something a lot different than the boxy little... Like, literally, you could kick them. And yeah, you'd be, these are full-on, Or if you like, armed yourself shack. with a hockey stick, <laughs> you would be safe. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Um, so the, the psychic who they bring in, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? She says... Oh, yeah, so the, the, his boss is writing him all the time, mm-hmm. giving the, the robot cops shit all the time. And it's like, look, uh, stop screwing around and talk to our psychic. Yeah. <laughs> He's so mad at them all the time. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, and the psychic says, and then, yeah, you were brothers in another life. And Tom Selk is like, what is this bullshit I have to listen to? And the psychic is like right on the nose. She's uh-huh. like, she nails it. And, yeah, it's so good. Like, this should be a comedy. There's so many opportunities for this to just be a comedy. Yeah, there's a robot driver. 
Yes. It's just a mannequin. It's just in- a mannequin. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so there's a car chase. They try and take Christy, Kirstie Alley away to s- save the templates. And he's chasing them with these laser-guided drones, I guess. And they're shooting them out of the air. And then they're like, we thought we got all the bugs. How is he bugging you? And she's like, oh, fine. It's in her handbag. Her freaking handbag. They didn't scan the handbag. She throws the handbag out the window and they're all safe. Um and at this point, for some reason, his partner, Cynthia, is, like, wearing a Laura Ashley dress and, and heels. Yeah, she's already expressed her interest in Tom Selleck, and Tom Selleck's been trying to keep it professional. Mm-hmm. And she's super upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the son, too. The son, as soon as he meets this this uh, yeah. police woman, is like, oh, okay, so is she going to be our new mom? Because yeah, she's not married. Lois and-, and I both agree that you've got to, like, get it on. We've, based on 30 seconds of meeting her, we think that she needs to be our new mom. Um, uh, so Kirstie Alley and Gene Simmons are reunited in this very dramatic moment at a restaurant mm-hmm. where it's like, Gene Simmons has Penny. And... Tom Selleck has Kirstie Alley, and they're like, we're going to do an exchange at the same time. So the women are walking across, and then when Kirstie Alley gets to Gene Simmons, she, like, kisses him. It's like, oh, where our evil plot is all on hand. And then he stabs her in the back of the head with a uh, knife. Oh, yeah. So this is when when this super smart villain does, like, the dumbest thing. He's uh-huh. out in public, yep. and he just decides to, like... He has a switchblade that he just stabs her in the back of the neck and just dumps her into the 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 fountain. Yep. Um I think that was a and poor no one, choice. And no one in the restaurant reacts. <laughs> well, maybe he was smart. There she's shooting missiles. <laughs> and then he proceeds to shoot missiles. Yes. Um and then the climax happens. It's this brilliant thing where of course Tom Selleck has to face his fear. Yeah, it's a construction site. And he has to relinquish the templates. Yes, and to get his son back, and so so Karen. No, uh, oh Karen, her name's Karen. Wait, who's Cynthia? It uh, wasn't Cynthia the girl. I don't know. I wrote down Karen. All right, I'll just call her Penny. She she should like for some reason. Oh, Tom Selleck has been like, you cannot come with me to rescue my son. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He'll know. So thankfully she showed up anyway and and they're like, "Oh no, when you step out of the elevator, these spider monsters will get you." Ah, what will we do? She shows up and she just kicks them over. She kicks them <laughs> and she's like, "Let's just climb on top of the elevator." And they do. Let's stand on this chair to avoid <laughs> the robots. They do, and then we completely forget about them. For the rest of the movie. Wouldn't it have been great if there was just one character who was constantly outwitting all the robots by standing on a tall wooden chair? Yep. Like he had a folding wooden chair with him at all times. Uh-huh. And a broom. <laughs> and a broom. <laughs> um, Tom Selleck gets sprayed in the face with acid. Twice. He gets injected in the arms with acid. Yeah. But he hangs on. He confronts his fear. And but he is a pretty big guy. That's another thing. It's like body mass to it's like it's like alcohol. Like he had, he, I think he had a higher acid to mass ratio. Probably. Yeah. Because it certainly didn't do anything to damage yeah. his his handsome rugged face. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to work with Michael Crichton here, who, who was a <laughs> a doctor, um, and a writer of some of our most influential sci-fi. It's true. Yeah. 
It's true. Um, and then, so Gene Simmons falls onto the ground, and of course, this, he is hoisted on his own petard because mm-hmm. his own spider monsters inject him full of acid. Yes. And he In fact, does. they use that that very that very line petard. His petard has now been hoisted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not before the most brilliant moment of this whole thing. We get a, a last chance villain jump scare. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, feel it's like amazing. It's it's transcendent. It's yeah. so far beyond. It's so emblematic of this entire tone deaf movie of wonder and delight. Uh-huh. It's uh, uh, so just, good. Michael Crichton was just so took so much detail in predicting the future mm-hmm. and to be so misaligned with how people act. Yeah. Well, th- so I thought this movie like I'm watching this movie and I'm like this must be a remake of a French movie. Like that's what I thought it was in my mind. Because it just had that feel. Because everyone's so casual all the time. Like, there's very little urgency or drama in any of the moments that exist. Everything's just so, like, cash in a weird way that I was like, okay, so if this was a direct translation of a French movie, that would make sense to me. (laughs) They're trying to normalize and underplay the situation. Right. Or, Or the futurism of it. Yeah. I feel like... Crichton was trying to. Um, this was not his first film. He had directed a couple, couple movies before this. Uh, you know, like the Great Train Robbery with Donald Sutherland and Sean Connery. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, uh, at this point, like he, he he had directed like three or four movies. Mm. So he should know better. He should know better. Yeah. Um, um, although I argue that this movie is brilliant, uh, and that it was a huge bomb. Uh huh. But it's amazing. Yeah, I recommend um, drinking while watching this movie. You don't really need to be like two drinks in to mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like it's immediately pretty accessible. But if you have the, oh, yeah. if you're constantly floating on that one drink buzz, it's going to make the experience much more delightful. Yeah, I watched this stone cold sober and folding laundry and was just like so happy. <laughs> it just made me so happy the whole time. And we yeah. were we were actually texting each other <laughs> and I was like, This is amazing. So I good. love it. I love everything about it. Oh, it's you have to watch it. It's so good. Okay, so on a scale of one um, so, so it's template. interesting. <laughs> How many templates would I give this? <laughs> um, so it's it's a weird it's a weird one. So uh, it's, you know it's funny on IMDb this has the exact same score as Three Men and a Baby. Is that right? Yeah. So we're not the only ones who um, who have fond memories of this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's weird. So it's it, it, I don't know if this movie ever held up. That's the question of like, how does this movie hold up? I don't know if it ever held up. No, I think it. I think this movie was exactly back then what mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird it's weird to give it a number. Like uh, I'm thinking seven, mm-hmm. but that's on held upness. Like if you actually like, how much has it held up? It's way lower. But I, splitting the difference between like my enjoyment of the movie yeah like held upness like five enjoyment like eight nine yeah i'm just gonna put it as a seven 
I, th- I, that's, I used a similar rubric, I think, right. when evaluating it for myself. It is empirically a terrible movie. <laughs> right. It's, Objectively, and <laughs> it is. It's not a good movie. Right. But I think everybody should watch this. I think it should be... Um, we should all be watching it all the time. It should be <laughs> on TV as much as anything else is on TV. Um, and I think everybody's life will be better if they watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Play a drinking game when you watch this. Every time someone says template, yeah, take a drink. <laughs> or, uh, so, and then, um, yeah, you can't do it when someone says Ramsey because they, uh, they say his name 52 times in the movie. Mm-hmm. Anytime he's afraid of heights. Right. Take a drink. Anytime Lois is scolding him, <laughs> take a drink. Um, but you, what fun would you have sitting around just having a party? Like, you know, let's we're going to watch this movie. I'm going to show you this movie. We're all going to have a great time. Yeah, this, this works perfect when you spring it on someone. Here is something you've never seen before, and now you've got to watch it. Yes, that's what I want for my birthday is for you to sit <laughs> down with me and watch this movie. And start to finish, you cannot leave. Um, so yeah, so I think a seven or eight is appropriate. I'm gonna I'm gonna go just one higher than you and give it an eight, just because even though it is a bad movie, it is perfect in its absurdity. Every single note is insane, <laughs> and and it's and so for that reason, I I give it an eight. Yeah. I loved it. It's a wonderful time capsule and a to. to Interesting way to to look on the to to kind of see a different phase of Michael Crichton's yeah. Yeah, creative yeah, yeah. life. Um, okay, so what is your deep cut recommendation? So I think both of our deep cut recommendations are how to continue the the love of the mustache. Yeah, of uh, Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. So I have a. a, a um, Bizarre affinity for the movie Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so early '90s, uh, he he plays a baseball player who's traded to a Japanese team, and it's the cultural um, conflicts of of kind of a <laughs> you know um, a racist American being in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, it's it's really charming. It, it shouldn't work. It's got all the aspects of. This being kind of one of those standard um, sports movies, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of charm, and it depicts a real Japan that and real Japanese people who are kind of conflicting with this giant American, you know, um, who doesn't have open eyes, um, and yeah, it's full of charm, and I, I I've seen it. It's the movie that I've rented. <laughs> it's now become a thing. The movie that I've rented so many times, more than most other movies, and not just broken down and, and bought it. Yeah, you need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's become a thing now. Yeah, you just got to keep renting it. Yeah. Keep giving them your money. So, Mr. Baseball. That's very good. Uh, so, I'm going to recommend another uh, early 90s Tom Selleck movie, uh, which is Quigley Down Under. Um, and I think we all know that um, Tom Selleck was also considered to play Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And I think Quigley Down Under is as close as we're going to get yeah. to well, that being a reality. Quigley Down Under and Mr. Baseball are both great um, companion pieces because they're both like the big American 
yep. who's thrust into a foreign environment. That he can't possibly understand. Yeah, so we've got Japan and Australia. And, yeah. you know, this was many years after um, Crocodile Dundee. Yep. And so it was neat to see another take on, on Australia because it really wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of awareness of, of what Australia was besides like the big like comic version of it. Yeah. Well, and this is like an Australia of the 1800s. Yeah, so kind of a Wild West Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, it's kind of the story of this American who's hired to, um, because he's a Sharp super shooter. long distance, yeah, marksman. Uh, Alan Rickman is... Oh, yeah. At, at his bad guy best. Yeah, he's in his prime at this point. Yeah, and it's it's so good. Um, and it's a great movie. It's a great watch. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's action packed. It's sad in moments, and it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. Those are actually a really good kind of double feature because it also kind of like opens the eyes a bit on like the Aboriginals and things like that. Mm-hmm. So. But there's a movie too that like it's just been rattling around in my brain. A Tom Selleck movie from the '80s called Her Alibi. Oh yeah, where yeah. she's a murderer. Maybe uh-huh. I don't know. We should maybe re- revisit that. Um, okay, so here's the thing. We have not decided what we're going to do next. Ooh. Should we uh, stick with this line and maybe do Goots? Like, we'll do Goots oh, and God, no. do Watch Short Circuit? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe. Because, like, I think that movie is fairly problematic. Yes, in a great way. Yeah. Should we do that next? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and Craig has put down his flag as wanting to do short circuit. He calls short circuit? Yeah. Perfect. He wanted to do either Rocky Four or short circuit. And he will do both. <laughs> right. Like it or not. Okay. So coming up next, we're going to be uh, watching short circuit. Uh, Very excited. I, the beloved movie that's probably extremely problematic. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can't wait to see Johnny Five again and see how that holds up. Uh, you can find Most Excellent Pod every place pods are found. Uh, like, rate, review, thumbs up, leave a, leave us a review. We appreciate it. It really does help. I mean, we, this is just a, this is an artisanal podcast. It this is. is done. <laughs> this is we don't make any money off of this. Nope. We're not looking to. I mean, I mean, I'm not want, not looking to. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you give us a. I mean, we'll take it, but it's going to be socially awkward. But so far, no one's offering it. Yeah. So. But if you if you like us, if you share us, mm-hmm. that that get helps us get out to other people. I mean, leaving a review or leaving a rating on iTunes or whatever the effing places that this is on Stitcher. Yeah, I- iTunes and Stitcher. The things really that confuse me, and I just go back to iTunes. Yeah. Um, it actually does. Um, change the algorithm and, and and it shares it with other people and mm-hmm. so if you do do that it actually helps us find a bigger audience yeah and we appreciate it uh so thank you very much and you can find me at nctphoenix.com uh or at national comedy theater in if you're in the phoenix area and then um squishy studios we're on uh, instagram facebook twitter um uh squishy studios that's our stuff yay Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate you. And of course, as always, keep your most excellent podcast motto in mind. When you're out there in the world, be excellent to each other. And the templates, Ramsey, the templates.